your host for Lacrosse Talk PM, Rick Solom. All right, welcome to a Thursday of Lacrosse Talk PM. On the phone, I'm just going to get right to it because we we can't waste any time. I've got Kelly Wild. He's the Lacrosse Oktoberfest president. Uh, he's on the phone with me now. Oktoberfest obviously kicked off today. Kind of kind of kicked off. It, it feels like it just kicks off at the beginning of the week in the news in the newsroom, uh, Kelly. But um, how how do, how is the, how how have things gone to start Oktoberfest? You know, you know, Rick, they've gone really, really well. You know, it's it, it's a great day. Uh, we had our uh, Thursdays our our special fester day, so uh, you know we, we we celebrate with our special fester Riley Beam, and it's for the uh, the special needs population. We do a pre carnival uh, at Copeland Park, and and just stuff like that is just what we look for as far as community like kite goes. Just spread that cheer throughout the Cooler region for uh, you know this is year number sixty. Year number sixty, and um, obviously, it's is it year number sixty or sixty one? Because do we not count last it's, year? Because we, we 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 don't. It's 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 year number sixty. It's celebrate year number sixty one. Celebration number sixty. Yeah, definitely. Let's put it that right, and Let's put um, it that way. And with with that, bringing up COVID, I, I know people. The last thing people want to hear is COVID, but I, I think while maybe some people actually want to know uh, how Oktoberfest is is doing. And, and helping to just just be safe out there with with a virus, you know, still still rampant in our area. Right, right, and that's a, that's a, that's a great point. I'm glad you brought that up. You know, part of a, you know part of our uh, you know uh, in, in our case, you know, it, it's an outdoor outdoor event, uh, but still, you know, we, we still got to create these layers of mitigation to keep people safe. Uh, we've been really diligent in our messaging, which is look, you know, if you have symptoms of COVID, you know, if, if you have COVID or you've been in contact with someone who has COVID, we actually we're asking you to stay home. Uh, we have ways that you can enjoy. Oktoberfest at home, we're uh, we're streaming the parade, we're streaming the tapping, we're streaming events from the ground, and then uh, you can stay home and you know if, where you're comfortable, and then uh, and then we'll see you next year. Uh, we're asking for uh, for people to uh, to uh, do spacing and social distancing, you know, on the parade route and also on the grounds. And the grounds we've actually expanded them, so the festing area is actually bigger. We've actually expanded that out so there's more room in it. We put up a second tent, and we tripled our number of hand washing stations and sanitizing stations. So once again, it's just those layers of layers of mitigation that that you got to put up. Did you also increase the amount of cheese and beer that we can eat and broths and all that? <laughs> I feel like that's people. A, that's a given. That's a given. That's yeah. all. I, think, I think that's all part of it. I think I think the the, the consumption of cheese and beer seems to go up for for at least three days toward the end of September. Yeah, because uh, we didn't have it last year. So you have all those leftover brats from last year. To, to we got there, there. There you go. That, that, that's what it is. And and that's a, a good point too. You know, you, you don't realize you know this uh, this festival's been so interwoven in the community for six decades that when you when it's not there, uh, you tend to miss it. So the excitement of being able to have it. Uh, this year is, is pretty cool. We're speaking with Kelly Wild. He's the Oktoberfest president. So you guys have two-year terms? We have a one-year term. A oh, one-year term. Okay, so you're yeah, president. You're, you're, you're on the board for about six years, and then you, uh, uh, if you're on the exec board, then you uh, you go through your secretary, treasurer, president-elect, president, and then a past president. Okay, but were you technically president for two years because uh, last year you were president and there was no Oktoberfest? You know, it, it actually worked out because we had uh, James Brennan and Bobby Show. We had co-presidents. Oh. Uh, so, it actually, so it actually worked out well where one of them was president last year. All right. This is a conversation we've had fun with uh, in, the, in the past. I think me and Brad were going to talk about it today, but since you wanted to come on, I, wanted, I want to bring this up, uh, and I'm just throwing this at you. Oktoberfest, the, the Fest Master was announced, and I'm, I don't know all the traditions of Oktoberfest and, and German heritage, and, and maybe this can't be, but when could the Fest Master ever be a woman? 
You know, we have we have we have, we have female parade marshals. Very own Samantha Strong is a, is a parade marshal of the Maple Leaf Parade this year. So you know, you would think so. You know, but then is it is it like a a Frau Master and her Mister, or is it you know is it you know the Mrs. Festmaster? I, I I don't know what the what the traditional or the official title would be, but you know, I don't I don't see why not. That's a that's more of a question for pageantry than it is for me. But uh, you know what? I, I, I can see it happening down the road. Yeah, it'd be interesting. And then on the flip side, instead of, you know, you talk about Frau Master or whatever, um, we could also, Mrs. Oktoberfest, we just flip that to Mr. Oktoberfest then? You, you know you could, you see? And, and then it would probably work better if that happened the same year. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. We just flipped the titles. Um, all right, Kelly, anything just, uh, you know, like we, we got the Torchlight Parade uh, coming up tonight. You Did you say that we're going to social distance the, the, the parade people? Is that how that? Well, no, what we're doing is we're we're just encouraging people, like if you're watching the parade, you know, to to, to space yourself, like among your groups and stuff, is okay. what we're asking. That that you can, uh, so you're not uh, the group that you're with. You know, we're asking to space it from another group. Is what we're asking uh, people to do. Yeah, that makes a lot just, of sense. Just basically, basically, Rick, it's, it's just it's just fest responsibly and fest safely, and you know, and just take the responsibility to uh, to keep others safe, and that's what we're, we're trying to do as far as uh, uh, having having the festival, having the parades, and having the uh, the festival down on the grounds. It's just create that mitigation that uh, where people can feel comfortable. Yeah, definitely. Especially in, in, in the year that we've had. You'll see Kelly out there with a broom getting, shooing the band members away from each yeah. other to keep them <laughs> six feet apart. <laughs> um, all right, highlights. Highlight. I, obviously, I mentioned the Torchlight Parade. Can you, just, can you just run through real quick the highlights of Oktoberfest? I, I know everybody knows it, but let's do it officially. You bet. I appreciate it. Yeah, after, after, the, after the parade tonight, we have the Afterglow Party, which is on, on Largest Field here on the north side with Swing Crew. Uh, the grounds open tonight. We got fireworks tonight. We have capping of the Sam Adams Golden Keg is tomorrow. Uh, the grounds open at eight. We have the capping at eleven. Um, and then you know, of course, the Maple Leaf Parade happens uh, on Saturday, which is traditionally the uh, you know that's that's the grandfather of all our Oktoberfest celebrations. Is so many people just build memories around that parade. Heck, I met my wife in an Oktoberfest parade. So, so good things do come out of it. And we're excited. <laughs> Was that right after you ran the marathon? Yes, y'all. Listen to you. Thank you for that. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, all right, Kelly. Hey, thanks a lot for, for stopping in. Rick, thank you so much for your time. And once again, uh, thanks, thanks everyone for uh, for celebrating Oktoberfest and for doing it responsibly and safely. We thank, thank all you do, my friend. All right. See ya. That's Kelly Wilde, the president of the Oktoberfest, a one-year term. Uh, Brett Knutson's sitting in here. He's uh, he's running for Congress. He's going to talk with me for the rest of the hour here. He's he's trying to get kind seat here, Brett. Like here here we, we hello, Brett. Oh hi, how are you? <laughs> I'm good. Um, uh, one year term. How about that for Congress? One year. I mean, I'd be down. <laughs> just set like, that up with some term limits. We, we already we already just uh, campaign twenty four seven anyway, so we might as well oh. just have them one year terms, and we vote every year on new congressmen. But um, before we before we dive into uh, talking with Brett here, we got to get Brad to do the news. Uh, not that I'm getting him to do the news. He'll do it willingly, and we'll be back after this. Oh, there I go. I turned the mic on, and then I cough into it, Brett. <laughs> All right, welcome back. Welcome back to Lacrosse Talk BM. 608-785-7914 is the talk and text line. Brett Knutson is in studio with me. He's running for Congress. I think, are you the only Democrat running for to replace uh, Ron Kind, who's, what was it, 20? 20, 25 years yeah, he's been 25 in? 25 years right now. I'm the only Democrat that's currently running. I've heard other rumors about Democrats thinking about running, but it's just nothing's come to fruition. I don't believe that there's anyone really in the right position, and I'm kind of coming in as an outsider. And I think that's exactly what the 3rd District needs at this point. 
So, yeah. <laughs> um, is is it a little bit intimidating because he's? You know, I don't know who the the longest tenured congressman is. is it. Ron Kind is he the longest? Uh, not can't be right. Like no, there's all not, there's got to be some eighty year old. Yeah, <laughs> uh, there's pro- there's always some eighty year old that's that's you know just like we I, I talked about the other day with uh, I think on Friday and maybe a little bit the other day, but. Um, Chuck Grassley deciding to go for another term and dude's 88, 88. <laughs> and, he's, and he would be 95 when he was, when he's done with his next six year term in the Senate. And that's not even, there's, there's multiple people that were, would, would have been older than him that run for the Senate. And it's just like, yeah, I think we, we maybe need term limits, but maybe also like age limits or, right. <laughs> uh, or if they can go through some kind of physical challenge or something. Monumental uh, capacity to understand that, like what they're right. actually doing or something. And, I don't know. <laughs> and when Chuck Grassley announced that, no son is, I think it was on his Facebook page. He did, he did post a picture of him jogging. So maybe Ooh. Chuck Grassley Ooh. could probably, maybe he might be able to outrun me. I'm, um, I'm pretty slow there too. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> but you're, you know, like you don't, you don't seem to fit the build. If I'm just going to judge a book by a cover, oh, yeah. you're, you're too young to be in Congress. Like, I mean, how I'm, old are you? I'm 24. I'm going to be 25 when I actually run just barely the limit. Okay. Yeah. Just right. Hitting the limit. And then, uh, let's do this first. Like what do you, what did you have to do or what do you still have to, you're officially running, right? Like right. you're, I'm officially you, running. You, you just candidate. had to get a whole bunch of signatures in the, in so, the weird district. This the signatures actually come from April 1st to May 31st. I believe those are the dates. Mm-hmm. And, or April 15th to May 31st of 2022. So I still need to get the signatures, but I'm registered with the FEC, WEC. And then once that timeline comes, that's all. How I many need. signatures do you need? 1,200. 1,200? And then can yeah. you just get them all in lacrosse, or do you have to like hit each it's, corner of the... Uh, I believe it's three different districts you have to be in. I could be wrong on that. I would have to double check. But districts, yeah. like or, what do you... Or counties. So counties, okay. Yeah. So three different counties. Yeah, actually, um, it, it's not hard to get into a, you know, go to different counties in this district. What do you think of... I always call Ron Kine's district the third congressional district. I call it Ron Kine's district because he's had it over 20 years, but right. I call it the bicep because oh, yeah. because it just goes and grabs. And, and when I first started talking about this, I just, you know, when you think gerrymandered districts... You think, oh, Ron Kine's district is is rigged so that he can win it. He's won it every year. Look, it goes and grabs Stevens Point. It goes and grabs UW-Eau Claire. I think it reaches down to the south and grabs uh, Platteville, I think, or yeah. Stout, one of those schools on there. I, I, I don't go that way very often. but And then, obviously, it has UW-Lacrosse. And then when I when I start kind of talking to people about this, oh, Ron Kine's district isn't gerrymandered for Democrats. It's actually one of the only competitive districts in the state. Right. And it's, it, but it is still a weird looking district. So, what do you think of the district itself? And it, it, hopefully, oh, it changes here a little bit, right? <laughs> I, I'm not in high hopes of the way it's going to go, but uh, it's very oddly shaped, and they do it purposely to try and uh, grab Stevens Point and into the rural areas to where it's like they can try and grab more Republican votes. But it's, I don't think it's a matter of trying to do it in a matter of oh, we want to get everyone that's alike or anything like that because it's a matter of also, like, excluding, like, Tom Tiffany's district. That goes into, uh, like, we could have grabbed Hudson for the 3rd District in 2010, but uh, Ron Kine didn't really fight for that either. Mm -hmm. So it could have been, like, more of a competitive district for also Tom Tiffany. So there's so many implications of what goes into, like, gerrymandering as well Mm -hmm. because if they know they can have that solid red district for Tom Tiffany, that they're golden. They have that for Representative uh, Gallagher, and uh, I think it's a little bit more competitive with. Oh no, 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 not it's not competitive with uh, 
gosh, what's his name? It starts with the Pokan, not Pokan. No, no, he's that's he's not a competitive difference. Yeah, they, and that's the thing. They make sure like the solid blue is just stays solid blue because they're not going to. Yeah, they sacrifice through. a couple, and then right. this one's kind of the only one that's competitive, and and that makes your job tougher because not only is it, a, it and that's good. Like it should be right. your job should be tough, but. It shouldn't be tough for you to get from point A to point B. Like if I want to, I want to campaign in uh, in Eau Claire, then I got to drive the point. I've made that drive. It's not fun, and I've went to Stevens Point, and I, <laughs> I think I in college I dated a girl that was from Eau Claire, so I definitely made that drive a couple of times, and it was not fun. It's not a very close drive, so it makes that it makes it even harder on, on people like you that oh, have absolutely. to, you know. I mean, and that's the thing, too, is, like, how it dips down. Like, if I was to be in Eau Claire and I wanted to drive to Stevens Point and try and campaign a little bit, if I took that drive, I'm going through Tom Tiffany's district just to get from Eau Claire to Stevens Point. Right. It's like, yeah, there's such <laughs> like a, they purposely deviate. There. Yeah, you, you could zigzag on a bridge. I think there's a little bridge you can take uh, <laughs> to stay in your district. But, um, all right, so what, you know, being that you're running in the third district and, a, and if you follow – you know, I, I think the front runner for Republicans would be Derek Van Orden. Obviously, he came real close to beating uh, Ron Kind in that district. But if you, you know, and and if you follow Derek Van Orden on social media right now, it's it's a lot. It's all Afghanistan. I would say almost all of it is Af- some somehow military, which is his bread and butter. Because I don't know if you've ever heard this. He isn't a former Navy SEAL, <laughs> oh, wow. a retired Navy SEAL. Okay. Was it twenty six years? Breaking, breaking news to you, I know. But um, but but you know, of course, he's going to play that role because Ron Kind isn't isn't out there. Are you um, but 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 with issues in the third district, like what do you see in in this district in this area? Like, hey, you know what? This is what this is what we need here. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I've talked to so many medical industry professionals to where it's like to even communicate with people out in the rural communities, they need that broadband infrastructure to actually communicate with clients because you can't have these rural or elderly people drive out 50 miles just for a simple doctor's checkup. So they need that rural uh, broadband infrastructure. Yeah, because we've place, yeah. Cause in a pandemic, we've talked about you We've talked about in a pandemic. We've we've talked about uh, a lot of hospitals. You know, early on they were yeah we were we've been thinking about doing this telehealth thing. Uh, you know, ten ten years down the road, five years down the road, and then a pandemic came and we said oh we better do it now. And then everyone learned like oh Zoom and video conferencing isn't that hard, especially the healthcare systems. They figured out that it's not hard to go and reach these people, except it is hard to reach certain people. So right. uh, this combination of, of broadband and then just the, uh, the hospital system going to this telehealth, those two worlds are kind of colliding right now in exactly. rural America. Absolutely. And that's such a, it's such a hard thing to grasp. And like, it's hard to have that voice for the rural counties. Cause it's just, there isn't that much representation in Congress and when we talk to people like Derek Van Orden, I think he has a few good policies when it comes to farming, but it's also like he doesn't have that much depth to it. Like, I can't tell you his exact policy or what he believes for the rural infrastructure or how he wants to expand broadband because he never talks about these things. Mm-hmm. He's obsessed with Afghanistan. And when we have politicians that do mess up, Joe Biden did mess up in Afghanistan. That's absolutely correct. And he should be judged for that. But we can also look back and to see how he was handed this terrible situation by Donald Trump and how many uh, SIV applications were rejected by Donald Trump, things like that. But I mean, like, there are criticisms that we can make for Joe Biden and where he messed up. But let's also bring him back home. This is what's important to the third district. We need health care opportunity and access. That's two big things when it comes to, like, anything within our district. It's access and opportunity. 
when it comes to education, healthcare, internet. Internet is such a thing that it's democratized to where you can have a participation within our society. It connects you to everyone. And if you're not connected, you're being delayed. You're being pushed back into uh, almost like an old age of modernization, I guess. I'm one of those that that thinks the the internet should just be part. Well, the internet is becoming a conversation that is part of infrastructure. I almost think that with electricity, we live in Wisconsin, so like heat, that's kind of you have to have this, you have to have electricity. Uh, If it's not provided for you, you know, there's that that doesn't happen really unless there's a huge problem, right? Right. Look in Texas, Um, (laughs) but but internet. I think internet needs to be this next phase where you actually like it is everybody's right to to have internet. I, I think that's oh, that's where we do you do you agree with that? Absolutely. I mean, it's absolutely needed to s- survive within our like current economy, especially with the pandemic. The pandemic proved that through and through, and I think that's a vital talking point when it comes to our rural communities. That and healthcare and education. That's the three biggest things I've heard when I've gone into rural communities and being able to speak with them, whether it be at fairs or door knocking or anything of the sort. Uh, we're talking with Brett Knudsen. He's running for the 3rd Congressional District. He's the only Democrat in the race as of right now, but he's still got to get signatures. So when are you going to finish that? Or can you not get signatures? At the, can, do you uh, have to do that during a certain time frame? Yeah, so April uh, April 15th to June 31st, that'll be like the official date oh, okay. when I start going out there. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so we'll, we'll, we'll see if you get those. Um, when we come back, I, I want to I get into um, uh, my congressman, Hagedorn, over, over the river here in Minnesota. Um, brought this up uh, the other day, this Mikan factory in Caledonia and and how it's shipping its jobs to China. We're going to see what Brett's take on this and on, on just on, simply on businesses doing that. Uh, we'll be back after this. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. 608-785-7914. I'll get to your text here in a minute. Uh, Brett Knutson in studio with me. He's running for... I just call it Ron Kind seat at this point. It's uh, he, Ron Kind announced a couple of months ago that he wasn't running. Brett, you were, you d- did you run last? You didn't run. No, I haven't run. You weren't old enough. No, you weren't old enough to run. <laughs> You're just gonna hit the cut. The, the cut and. Uh, um, I, I guess, did you hear that Ron Kine wasn't running and you're like, you know what? I want to run. I guess, why are you running? So I actually started running prior to Ron Kind announcing his retirement. So I came into it as a. I want to run as a different position. I believe that Ron Kind is this moderate Democrat who really isn't trying to get anything accomplished. You could also call him a leftist Republican, I think. Right, <laughs> right. That's, that's how, and maybe that's what you need to win this district at this point. And I don't even think that. I think he's done a lot of good things. I think he's brought in uh, real broadband infrastructure on a small scale to where it's like we're expanding the Internet access and things like that, but we're just not doing enough. Like, he's done a lot of great things for rural voters, and that is highly important. But it's also imperative that we also tackle other issues, such as healthcare, education, and also truly expand the broadband access to where it's implemented quickly enough to where people who need it and deserve it get it. Let's pause there because Chris is calling in. I think Chris wanted to ask you about a broadband. Chris, go ahead. You're on the air. Yes. Um, this, the broadband... As you know, that topic has been a hot topic for for years. And I, I, everybody that's out there remembers that telephones used to be hooked to the wall. Right. Well, everybody, I think everybody's concentrating on the wrong thing with broadband. Everybody can have broadband right now. I lived in the country 
we didn't have cable. Uh, we had satellite broadband. That's still available to everybody without putting in the expensive infrastructure of cables, which, like with the telephone, will become obsolete someday. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, go ahead, Brett. Yeah, so, I mean, that's another great conversation point to where, like, you can look at Elon Musk, and he's also got the large expansion for Internet mm-hmm. and getting outside a lot satellites and things like that. But that also becomes another issue of paying the down payment of $500 and the $99 a month for this internet expansion where you need a satellite and things like that. And it does become another issue where there aren't people out in the rural areas that can always afford that. And I absolutely understand that there are people that can, and I absolutely think that if you have the opportunity, you should be able to take that. I'm not downplaying the importance of having that. If you can, I respect that uh, you do. Uh, I guess I, I'm not understanding the question fully, if you could elaborate. Oh, well, I'm just wondering if we're focusing on the wrong things, because oh. like when I had it years ago, it was fast. I didn't have to pay $500. It was, it was like a $150 hookup fee, and then it was so much per month, and I had to have a contract, I believe, for two years. So it's similar to you know, what we used to see on cell phones. Chris, is it something so, like you know, was it something like a direct TV satellite on your roof or something? Um, it was. It was, but it was through Hughes, and yep. Hughes is still in business today. Yep. But it, it looked very similar to direct TV. Yes. Yep. A little eighteen or twenty inch disc. Yep. All right. Thanks. Thanks, Chris. So instead of instead of pouring all our money into laying, uh, what are Ethernet? Not Ethernet. Right. Uh, fiber optic cords. That's right. what. That's what Ace Ascentec in my. So I live in rural Minnesota. Ascentec is uh, based out of. I think they're based out of Houston. They're not. They have a base in Houston. I don't know if they're based out of Houston. Uh, they just came and laid fiber optics everywhere. So they were at my house. Like you, you know, there's there's I have pictures of them. Um, so it's kind of cool that they they done that because they they upgraded my my internet. But I think what Chris is saying instead of like paying all this money to to lay all these fiber optics everywhere right just have a satellite but i don't i don't know that's the satellite isn't all that reliable and i think i don't know if the satellites are fast enough anymore i I think they're they're pretty unreliable and i don't think you're you know what chris i gotta i gotta play call of duty on my uh internet well i guess he also makes another point because there could be another piece of technology that we don't currently know about like you didn't know when landlines existed, that there'd be, oh, you have a cell phone in your pocket that you can have a touch screen on, which, I mean, that is a great point, but it also gets back to, like, you could also say that roads will be obsolete in the next 10, 15 years, but, I mean, we're still going to build upon our roads because we need our roads, and I think it's imperative that we get infrastructure for internet out where we can get that infrastructure out. I think that it's a solid point. It's something to think about, but, I mean, that isn't the resolution that we have currently. We can't think about satellite because, like, like you said, it's just, it isn't always uh, there. It isn't always reliable. We need to have something that is reliable where you can have uh, immediate contact to a doctor if you need contact. Like, let's say there's a tornado, terrible weather. You can't always rely on something like a satellite if you have a medical emergency or so on and so forth. Like, it's, I think right now our most viable option is absolutely fiber optic infrastructure. Uh, and then in 10 years, they, they will, though. In ten years, they'll come up with some awesome satellite dish to to give everyone. It'll just it'll be it'll just give everyone, and you you won't even need uh, like even a direct TV type small satellite. You 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 probably just have to have something the size of your phone laying in your house somewhere, and and everyone will have you know five hundred uh, megabytes per second internet. 
Um, moving on, Ace texted in. Okay, so we did. You're, you're running for Congress, Ron Kine seat. Derek Van Orden's the Republican front runner. We brought him up, so that 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 triggered Ace to text in and and say this. That's pretty naive for you, Brett, uh, to insinuate that Derek Van Orden doesn't have health care, internet, and farming as important topics in his agenda. I can always tell when somebody is scraping for a status position. They cut down others and try to make themselves sound good, uh, you know, to, to other people. So um, you're cutting down Derek Van Orden here. Uh, Derek Van Orden, very known for um, just talking about the issues and not cutting anyone down. But what do you what do you have to say to Ace? I mean, you can look at Derek Van Orden's Facebook and things, his Twitter and things like that. It's a very one topic issue. Uh, I mean, when you look at his uh, even his website. You can go to his website and see how he talks about healthcare. All he says, like, "Oh, let's create more competition." Well, Derek, what do you mean by more competition? What do you mean by having these policies that you want, like to create competition? I lay it out onto the floor. You can look at my website. You can look at every single policy that I have, and I detail it. I want to go into full conversation. If you disagree with me, I'm more than happy to take on that conversation. My, my, I have my own personal phone number on the website, on my Facebook. You can contact me at any point, and I'm more than likely, unless I'm working, answer the phone and have that conversation with you because no one in this world is going to be right about every single issue. If I'm going to be wrong, I want you to correct me. And it's about going into that dialogue to learn where we can learn and stretch out together because I don't... I want to grow with the 3rd District... I'm young. I'm. I have a fresh mind to where I don't believe I'm right. I know Derek Van Orden isn't right because he's ready to prop up this entire war state. Where, let's take on the issue right now. I just made a post about that recently as well. Whereas, he's complaining about 3.5 trillion dollars over the next 10 years. That's 350 billion every the, year. The infrastructure bill. Right. Right. Uh, build back better, and it's. But then we can also look at uh, the gosh, NDAA, where it's going to be 700 and almost $80 billion, almost coming out to $800 billion. It's just, it's absurd. And this is all going towards funding a perpetual war state. So you're, you're comparing the infrastructure bill that everyone tells is $3.5 trillion, right? but nobody ever talks about it's $3.5 trillion over 10 years. And you're comparing that to what we spend about 700 and $780 billion on our military and military, right? Correct. But yeah. nobody ever talks about, you can't talk about spending $780 million, $780 billion on our military. You can't, you can't, you can't compare that to the infrastructure bill because the military's budget goes up every year. So you can't say it's going to be $780 trillion over 10 years, which is kind right. of what the average would be if you just grabbed it this year. But next year, it'll go up higher. Congress, oh, yeah. uh, the, the House just voted a couple of weeks ago to increase it by $25 billion. Overwhelming, um, yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> oh, and, then, and then last week, the, the House voted to give Israel uh, another billion dollars for what their, what is it called? The domes? The Iron Dome. Iron Dome. I was going to say Thunderdome, but that's Mad Max. <laughs> um, yeah, we give Israel $10 million a day already. And then last week we, we gave them another billion. And then this week we talk about we don't have the money to run the government. I was like, well, can we borrow that billion we just gave to Israel right. or the 10 million a day we give to them? And um, so, yeah, so there's there's an interesting uh, comparison there that's hard to, hard to hard to make because we never compare the military budget as it's it's seven hundred eighty 
$7.8 trillion over a decade, which is half of what the infrastructure bill is. Do we want to pay the military double or do we want to pay the the American people on our own infrastructure plan? That's kind of where I'm at with that. And that's also where it comes into is like, I understand the need for self-defense and if there's a threat against Americans, then we should take the steps necessary to protect American lives. But when half of this spending is going into funding, like, let's say Israel, the billion dollars that goes towards the Iron Dome, this is an apartheid ethnostate where they're excluding Palestinians, regularly killing them, blocking food, water, and needed resources for Palestinians. And we don't have a problem with that. This is a country that regularly abuses human rights and we don't even have to tackle just israel we can tackle countries like saudi arabia they have a full-on genocide in yemen Four hundred thousand children are expected to die in yemen this year but we continue to give them the power to fund this genocide and it's it's inhumane it's absurd but there's such a hard lobby for the war state so much money goes into it so much of this money also helps uh, elected, fish, uh, elected officials get to where they are. And it's a matter of putting and prioritizing the people first because that's what we demand. It, that's what America is all about. If we want to build back better or put America first, let's actually do that. Let's not put all of our money and all of our tokens into mass genocide <laughs> let's put the people first well well ace talk well ace texted in and, and said that uh you know you're cutting down others Derek van orden's first post on his page is <laughs> fire pelosi it's the first thing and then the next 10 posts are about joe biden and afghanistan not exactly issues that have a ton to do with here and he's not really talking about fort mccoy or Af- afghan evacuees there i guess we can't call them refugees either for some reason because that gives them some kind of status that right. would a- allow them other rights so it's a, the military is very careful to call them evacuees now I th- i've i've read that um but but northside kent says uh brett are you going to become nancy pelosi's puppet like ron kind i would definitely say that ron kind has a tight knit with Democratic Party establishment. I have no denial to that. I think that when Ron Kind's wrong, we should call him out for it. I mean, he just voted yes to this NDAA bill, and it's he's he voted yes for the war on Iraq, for the, yes for the war in Afghanistan, and so on and so forth. Like he doesn't recognize human rights, and we should call him out for it. Uh, I don't think that I'm a puppet for Nancy Pelosi. I have no connection to really the establishment of Democratic Party. I originally started running as a libertarian, actually, but I also wanted to win. So uh... <laughs> you, could, you could only get on the ticket as, as one of two parties. Otherwise, right. that, that doesn't work that way. And we could get into that. Um, there are a couple of people calling in. Let me let me introduce you to uh, Eric from Sparta, who's been waiting. Eric, go ahead. You're on with Brett. Oh, yes, Mr. Brett. I must, must say to you, uh, keep, keep on shooting your mouth off about all these things you've promote hate Israel, you want to spend $5 billion on nothing, and the, and the national defense is the only logistical, logical expense of the federal government for our country to save America. Sir, keep on saying what you're going to say, and you're going to lose Van, Dor- Van Orden by multiple, multiple points. And uh, By the way, the uh, southern border is not southern border of An- Antarctica, Rick Solomon. Thank you very much. Okay. Okay. Uh, yeah, so... I mean, great talking point. I would 
have to say that Israel is not uh, near the United States, so I'm not sure exactly how that has to do with American self-defense. Um, uh, and then the $5 billion point, I wasn't... I'm not really sure where he's getting $5 billion, but I just wanted yeah. to introduce you for Eric Rinsparty. He calls nine times a day. Oh, awesome. Nice to meet you, Eric. Um, all right. This, uh, caller, who's this? You're on the air. This is Scott. Hey, and, Scott. Um, I'm kind of leaning towards the, um, the health care issue, if you don't mind. Yeah. Um, I, I am a direct provider for the state for uh, dental appliances, of which I'm unfortunately not able to afford to even take anymore. Are there any plans, do you think, within state government to try to increase the fee for providers that hasn't been really raised since, that I know of, 2006? It's approximately 18, 15 to 18 cents on the dollar, and my clinic gets between 6 and 16 phone calls a day of people that need denture appliances and things, and, you know, Gunderson charges, uh, say, uh, 2500 to 3000 an arch, which is on the very high. Most uh, most people are 17 to 2200 We're at 1500 The state compensates us $442. Um, is yeah, there any plan, do you think, that's going to – because it looks good when they say they can provide – dental quality through the to the people of the state but then there's a three-year wait for people who've had their teeth extracted and then they're they're they have cancer and they need to eat but nobody will take the 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 provider because of the the, the money that's being re- reimbursed all right thanks thanks scott for your call i think what he's saying and maybe you got that but the you know, if we if we had a system medicare for all system i think including dental um, these providers, the the way the government funds this stuff isn't enough. They don't right. get enough money, and therefore the insurance companies. At this point, you know about this, right? Yeah. They're bailing out uh, the the government. At, at this point, you know, like um, if I if I'm on super poor person's insurance, uh, I can go, and it's and the, it is almost at a cost to a dental provider to perform on that person, and then they just bill the insur- the person with insurance more. Right. To, to make up for those costs. That's what that's the system where Ron right. Kine was on in here talking about that, uh, but not fixing it. Right. I mean, and even Ron Kine, like having the ACA and things like that, it was more to deal with the health industry, not too much dental. But it, I mean, it propped up the insurance companies to where the insurance companies received more rather than small independent uh, dental offices or medical offices. And I mean, I think that's imperative to our mission is cutting out the third party paying system however we can. And if that's not through Medicare for all, I even have like a whole healthcare thing on my website where it talks about uh, competitive pricing and also influencing or expanding upon HSA or health savings accounts to where your health and your own independence is imperative to the mission. What You shouldn't be paying taxes. And if you want to put your money away into this health account, you should be able to do that. I think that if we get into like Medicare for all system, like I, and this is something that I absolutely agree with, but it's imperative that we, if we can't get to that, then, or sorry, if we can get to that, sorry, sorry, uh, that we fund the doctors directly or the institutions directly and cut out third-party uh, protections. And because the insurance companies completely time and time again take out thousands and thousands just from like one sole basis client. And it's it's 
a trash system. It could be a million. It yeah. could be a million. Oh, yeah. I, I have a friend that uh, is, their bill for the year was a million dollars. Getting getting coverage and uh, anyway, Derek Derek Van Orden does have all this stuff on his and his webpoint, and you do as well. Your healthcare, your y- healthcare. I would say solving healthcare could be dozens and dozens of pages, oh, but people yeah. aren't going to read that. Right, it's too hard to read that. But Derek Van Orden's healthcare, improving healthcare and reducing costs. Derek will work to make sure individuals with pre-existing conditions are protected when Obamacare is fully repealed and a new system is implemented, allowing for true competition in healthcare, driving costs down. Okay, what's the new system? That's what I want to know. <laughs> right, the, a new system, but what is the new system? So that, that's what I don't understand either. I've asked him time and time again, like, what is your position? And then it would just be like he would try and turn it around to be like, well, why don't you ask Ron Kind the same question? I'm like, I'm not. Like Ronkine doesn't matter. I'm asking you personally. Well, and Ronkine's Ronkine's no, stance right. on this is uh, Obamacare, and we're good. Like right. we're good. It needs <laughs> to be improved, but we're good. Um, all right, I got to take one more break. We'll wrap up. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM six zero eight seven eight five seven nine one four is the talk and text line. Get out of here, Busta. Uh, Derek, uh, Derek. <laughs> Brett Knutson's in here. He's running for Congress. Uh, he's the only Democrat on the list right now, although. The, the 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 there are no official i would say there are no right there's no official people running for congress yet is that no, yeah, because you can't you're, you're saying you can't get the signatures at this point well i mean so i mean so technically like we're on to be on the ballot it's just a matter of like as soon as we get the signatures that's when it's made official that we're on the ballot yeah like i mean there will people be people that announce probably uh like usually it used to be like nine months out where you would announce and then Mm-hmm. Kind of got expanded upon that, yeah. Yeah, and if you're, I mean, we don't have rules for when you can and can't run. So, I mean, some people run the whole time. I mean, right. Derek Van Orden's been running for for two and a half years now. Um, and I, I guess you know, just just kind of like, what do you, you know, we talked about some of the bigger issues, and, and you know, we've we've already hit Israel, where we, you know, the 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 border crisis is is something that you know, it just seems like is a talking point, especially for Van Orden right now, because he can't go after Ron Kine. So he's going to go after Joe Biden. It makes perfect sense. Right. And he's a veteran. So he's going to go after the, the, the thing in Afghanistan. But, uh, you know what, like, I feel like a lot of these issues we need to reel in, we need to bring them home. And, and do you, you know, some other, do you like, well, like farming is always like a big thing because the third district is a lot of rural areas and farming and, uh, and, you know, this, do you do you have any stance on, you know, helping farmers right now? Right. So that's a huge talking point is even bringing it back to immigration to where we have a problem within our own country of urbanization. So people are leaving rural communities and going into urban areas to get more education and things of the sort. So once we able, like, let's say, bring out infrastructure and things like that, like people also want to have the opportunity to stay But you also have the opportunity for immigration to where it's like we have so many people that are coming from uh, overseas or Haiti or Mexico or whatever the case may be where their job used to be farmers. That's what they know. That's what they thrived on. And they're getting away from these terrible situations, whether it be uh, drug lords in Mexico or tyrannical governments in uh, Haiti or natural disasters disasters. (laughs) uh, earth did they just have an earthquake slash uh hurricane or something like that like a combo (laughs) earthquake hurricane and then also their uh prime minister got assassinated yeah their governor their their president was assassinated i think yeah and it was just it's all uh sorted out chaos over there and it's they have every right to come here and seek asylum 
you have the opportunity to come here at any point and you have a full year to claim asylum. Like whenever people claim that you have to come here through a port of entry, like that was shot down by a federal judge in 2019. You can come here anywhere within the United States and claim asylum. But you're tying you're tying immigrants coming over here. Right. To the the need for farmers in our area. Absolutely. I mean, and this is imperative. Like they know what they're doing. They they have the experience and farmers need what they can. And this is also another thing to where immigration helps us also sell more product. There is a crisis with milk being overproduced. And when we have more consumers, more people buy more milk. And when we look at the Western Hemisphere, there's more than enough milk buyers out here to where they're not lactose intolerant. They can easily digest milk. And it's just uh, taking that the steps necessary to where we can grow our economy. Immigration is the foundation of growth and bringing in more people into the rural areas, bringing in more experience, more people who want to be free and be inside of these communities and grow with them. I br- it brings in culture, it brings in education, it brings in so much opportunity. And I think that it becomes an endless uh, opportunity stretch to where immigration just grows so much within our rural communities. And I think it's vital for our future. That's Brett Knudsen. He's running for the 3rd Congressional District here, uh, trying to take Ron Kine's seat. Uh, the, the only Democrat right now on on the the Baltipedia, Ballpedia. <laughs> Ballotpedia, I always do that uh, list right now. And um, just last thing, did you see the the Republican versus Democrat baseball game? We got ten seconds here. I, I just wanted to know if you watched this thing on Fox uh, Sports. Just got like the highlights. I could not bear through the entire thing of that. It was yeah. I can't believe that that was on. If anyone saw some of the terrible highlights from that thing, I can't believe it. Was on. Thanks a lot. Thanks a lot for joining, Brett.